Lord is great. And we want to know him better. We want to know him deeper. Let's, let's go on to know the Lord and not like some who just have a little dab and that's enough of them. Uh, a lot of Christians, I call them brill cream Christians. They just have a little dab of doing But no, God, Jesus is amazing. And he has been showing us just how amazing he is. I, I'm grateful. I'm grateful. Uh, I want to sh- uh, just share with you, born of God, just born, being born of God in the new creation, they go hand in hand. They go hand in hand. And uh, you are not a new creation until you're born again. And people who are not born again uh, they just don't understand, don't know what they're missing. Yeah. There was somebody wrote, who sang a song, I, I, I think it may have been Andre Crouch. He said, you don't know what you're missing. You don't know what you're missing until you find the Lord. Is that right? Was it Andre Crouch? Y'all know that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, sounds right, sounds right. It's, it's right. He says, you don't know what you're missing. And I think that we don't know what we're missing until we come to Jesus. But but when we come to Jesus, we need to go on to know the Lord, know him deeper and better, uh, more intimately. Uh, They're just levels of intimacy that God wants to give us. And so let's let's just dive in here quickly. Uh, I'm going to start with Colossians chapter 3. Um, verses 8 through 10. I may have sent it to you and said through 9, but 8 through 10. The scripture reads, but now you yourselves are to put off all these. So God has done his part. He has saved us. And then correspondingly, we're to do something. And, uh, you know, it's like if somebody loves you and you think that love is all one directional, and you're wrong about that. When somebody makes an effort to love you, you should love back. You know, if, uh, if well, I won't go into those specifics. But, but, but let's look at what he says. But now you yourselves are to put off all these. So you, you, you must walk like somebody who's saved. Put off anger. And then he says wrath. So it's a step beyond anger. Malice. Uh, you know, being hateful to people, blasphemy. You know, sometimes I, I, I can't uh, enjoy a particular joke because it's blasphemous. You know, it's, it's not a joke you ought to tell about God. And so blasphemy. Then he says filthy language. They said out of your mouth. Filthy language out of your mouth. Sometimes people say, well, it just slipped. But it slipped because there was abundance of it in there. And so verse 9 says, do not lie to one another. So we can't go around lying. Since you have put off, <clears throat> you put off the old man with his deeds. And, and the old man, biblically, is who you were before Jesus, yeah. before you were saved. Yeah. You're, you're not to be saved and then walk like you did before. Yeah. I mean, that's just what the scripture is saying. Now listen, he, but then he goes on to show you about the transformation, and have put on, and you have put on, and have put on the new man who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. So, so, so what he's saying is your new self is not your old self. 
your new self, because what Jesus has done, uh, must be different. And, and your new self, he says, the, the new man, and have put on the new man who is renewed, made new, in knowledge. He's growing according to the image of him who created him. In uh, the knowledge of God, he's growing into this knowledge of God. And then he, he explains very vividly who you are now by telling you who you're not. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew. Now we think that means some, something other than what it means. But what it means is we don't start to categorize people. You know, I, I know a lot of times to show our, our support for Israel, a lot of times believers go, in my view, too far. And I believe that biblically it's too far. You know, where he says, no, the new man is not a Gentile nor is he a Jew. He says, there is, the new man is made an image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised. So we don't look at outward symbols to validate our Christianity. So he says, where there is neither circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, uh, Scythian, that means a wild, savage nomad. You don't, you're not like that. Slave or free, nor free, but Christ is all and in all. He is showing us that all barriers are destroyed in Christ. And all believers, this is the only place where all believers are, are uniquely or truly equal. That's huge. So, uh, so it is to be expected that each of us as believers, regardless of our nationality, former religion, culture, or economic standing, should live in accord with the new man, the new self, who is created where? In Christ Jesus. So this is what he wants us to grasp. So our model is Jesus. And don't give up and say, well, we can never be like Jesus. What? Bone of his bone. Flesh of his flesh. No, you, you don't have the massive, expansive reach that Jesus has. But we are his body. It, it's like if I look at my hand, my right or my left, and I go, now which one of these do I not want? I want them both. And all my body parts are, are essential. There's not one that's, oh, that's greater. I told you a story many years ago when I said, Lord, I can stand pain anywhere except my head. I remember that. I can stand pain anywhere in my body except my head. And so the Lord is, is, is corrective and uh, just mows it down the road a little bit. And I had a, a pain in my thigh that was so bad. I said, I can stand pain anywhere except my head and my thigh. But do you know, if your knee hurt, it would be your head, your thigh, your knee. You know, it doesn't matter. If your little finger hurt, it would be your head, your thigh, your knee, and your little finger. I'm just saying we're all equal here. Let's look at Galatians because you are born again. I, I think we don't, we don't want to minimize being born again. Being born again is huge, and you must be born again. 
if you're going to see God. You must be born again. It's not a decision that you should take lightly. Galatians chapter 3 verse 28 reiterates this statement, uh, uh, Colossians, uh, by saying, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's neither uh uh-uh, male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And this is what he's saying. He is saying that in the body of Christ, we should not exalt uh, the male and uh, deprecate or depreciate the female. We, you know, because in Christ, that's not the case anymore. It's not like, let me categorize you, lady. No, he's not. When he says there's not, not, uh, neither male nor female, he's talking about the new man. He's not speak, speaking here physically. We know that we are different physically. But we, the new man yes. is created according to the one who made us, Amen. God himself, Jesus Christ. So let's look at, at um, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. And while you're finding that, Jesus is so indispensable to your salvation because Christ has become our salvation. He is our salvation. And so it's not like uh, sometimes I think we have this idea that Jesus is sort of on the outside and we're looking at Jesus uh, and, oh, I have a relationship with him. But Jesus is living on the inside and he is informing everything that we are. That's what we must really get hold of and never let it go. Jesus Christ is indispensable to you and your salvation. And then, Sometimes we don't grasp these things. And you say, well, P- Pastor, maybe you don't grasp them. No, I'm grasping them. I'm, I'm learning them. I'm learning them in a deeper way than ever before. So if you are listening, uh, whether online or here, and you think, you know, doesn't he know these things? I must be talking about something that has a bit more depth than what generally we've walked in. Notice what Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 13. For by one spirit, for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. So Paul is really speaking to us things that we should not just know intellectually, but walk in spiritually. Let's not be satisfied with a small, tiny, little relationship with God. You know, you, you have been invited, you have been invited to have fellowship with the Creator. The Creator is not just a part of, he's not, he, is, he has entered creation, but he's much greater. And, and uh, Paul indicates that when he tells us that Jesus Christ ascended far above the heavens that he might feel all things. Can you, I mean, listen, do you, do you realize what we have? I want you to realize it. I want to realize it deeper. Jesus ascended far above the heavens. So that means that when Christ ascended, he didn't just go and sit down on a throne in heaven. He went above it. And I like to say there is a place in existence where there is, as it were, no creation. There's just God out there. And you've been invited into the fellowship of God, the fellowship of the Godhead. I, I want you to really get this. Chew on it, man. Just chew on that. You have been invited into the fellowship of the Godhead. 
the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. They, they, they were all there working for your salvation. And, and Jesus told Nicodemus, you can't even see, as it were, what I'm talking about until you're born again. You can't see the kingdom. Jesus was presenting him the kingdom and told him, you can't see it except you're born again. And this guy's talking about entering his mother's womb a second time. And he was the teacher of Israel. Yes. And so he says, he says, and then you can't enter unless you're born again. And with those amazing requirements, it means that you and I need to lay hold of Jesus more and more, more and more, deeper and deeper, higher and higher. We need to lay hold of Jesus Christ because, because God is offering us not, and has given us not only fellowship with the Godhead, but he's given us union with the Godhead. Yeah. Union, union, union. You say, well, well, I don't, are you sure? Yes, because he who is joined to the Lord, the scripture says, is one spirit with him. He who is joined to the Lord is one spirit. So being born again is a huge blessing that God has given us. It's not only that we escape the, the judgment of hell, the wrath of God in hell. It, that's a wonderful thing, but it's more than that. God didn't just save us from something. He saved us from something to something. It's amazing. To sonship. Let's enjoy this sonship. It's so big. It's so huge. Let's, let's read some from uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 12 through 20. Let's read some verses. You ready? All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. And you get that. Yes, it's all, it's all right. It, food is good. I mean, I, I enjoy food. I just came from a place where you got some of the best food on the planet, you know, in Asia. And so he said, but he says, foods for the stomach and stomach for the food. That was a saying, you know, you know, when you're doing your sin, well, like food for the stomach and the stomach for food. See, but Paul says, but God will destroy both it and them. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. That's what he says here. Now, the body is not for sexual immorality, but for the Lord. And the Lord for the body. So, so this is a, it's a, it's a mutuality there. It's where, where God is saying, okay... Um, the body is not for sexual immorality. It's your body is for the Lord and the Lord for your body. So we, we never know how to truly live until we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We never know what God really wants until we delve into the depths of Christ. Let's look at it some more. And God both raised up the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. He's, he raised the Lord up, and we're going to raise us up by his power. Then verse 15 says, Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ? This is what he says. Do you not know? I think all of us know, all of us know that our bodies are members of Christ. You know your body's a member of Christ. All right? Listen, shall I then take the members of Christ and make them members of a harlot? Certainly not. Some versions would say a prostitute. He's just talking about unholy living is what he's talking about. He says, certainly not. Verse 16, or do you not know 
He's asking questions. I, I love the way Paul does this. Uh, he says, or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. So what Paul is saying to the church is that God has done something for you through Jesus Christ. He has rescued you, not for you to live as you did before. He has rescued you. He has made you a member of his body. I, I talked br briefly earlier about uh, which of my body parts do I want to get rid of? Not one. I'm not complete. If somebody has to have an amputation, they can tell you, man, that's tough. I remember the first time I was in Switzerland preaching the gospel, and this man was an amputee. And, of course, I, mean, I, I just pray for everybody, man. I pray for whatever. And I, when I was younger, I was more wild than that. I mean, I pray for whatever. You know? And this man said that the one problem about him losing his leg, a part of his leg, he said, it still itches and I can't scratch it. Amazing. Amazing. What am I saying? I'm saying your body is important and what God has given you is important to God. He says, do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? Verse 17, but he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Flee sexual immorality. Every sin that a man does is outside the body, but he who commits sexual immorality sins against his own body. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So, so that means that, that you are, to God, a sacred place. That's what he's saying. You are, to God, a sacred place. I know we just live almost flippantly, you know, we just live kind of, I am too busy living to stop to talk about that. But he says, he says here, let me find it again. Yeah. Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you're not your own? Do you know that you don't own yourself? <laughs> wow. Now, I'm saying these things because God has saved us. He has saved us from our sins. He saved us from the, his wrath. But now you and I have something to do toward God. I mean, can you imagine if, if uh, for example, my wife would see me today, this evening, and she said, hi, and I go, I don't, I don't respond. I know you're, you're city people, but that dog don't hunt. You know, you have, you correspondingly, you reach back. And so God has saved you. And all God wants you to do is now live a holy life by his power. You don't have to work up the power. You have to be obedient. Yeah, obedient. Let's go on. Where was I? Okay. For you were bought at a price. Can you imagine? You say you already said, don't you know you're not your own? You've been bought and paid for. You were bought at a price. Let me just tell you, because this verse doesn't say it. You were bought with the blood of Jesus. Now, now that's huge stuff. 
That's huge. That means that someone who had done nothing wrong died to free you from your wrong and my wrong. It's not just, I don't preach like this. I preach like this. Because it's for me too. Old preacher said, from the pulpit to the door. Now listen here. For you were bought at a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. You're God's property. Can you imagine being the temple of God? Oh my. Okay. The temple of God. You are a temple of God. And corporately, we are the temple of God. Individually, you're a temple. But together, we are the temple of God, which is holy, which is sacred. Amen, amen. Now, I'm, I'm going to conclude. I, I don't have time to finish. But let me just say, I would like for all of us to recognize the beauty of being born again. I would like for you to just think about it. You have been now born of the Spirit. I'm going to say these things over and over and over. You are born now of the Spirit. As surely as you were born by the act of your father and your mother, a beautiful thing happened. A beautiful thing. And you came forth. Now God says, you are born of my spirit. Or God could say, you are born by my own volition, my own will. I brought you into being because I wanted you. And he did not use natural means. You were brought forth by the Spirit of God. The same Spirit that gave Jesus an earthly birth has brought you forth spiritually. And I want to just say this. Our team is getting in place. What happened when Jesus Christ was being baptized by John? And, And the baptism is so beautiful. And as I read these scriptures over and over, it's like I'm reading them for the the first time again. And and the Holy Spirit, when Jesus came up up out of the water, the Holy Spirit alighted upon him, alighted upon him, and John saw it happening, saw it happening. You see, there's this wonderful, and I won't go into all the background, but there's this wonderful blessing that God gives us by faith. If you can see it, you can have it. If you can see it, you can have it. And it's the story of Elijah and Elisha. Elisha wanted a double portion of the spirit of Elijah. Elijah says, you are asked for a hard thing. But if you see me, but if you see me when I'm taken, you can have it. And he saw it. And he had it. Dearly beloved, if you'll see what I'm saying, the Holy Spirit alighted upon Jesus and remained. And John says, he's the Messiah. And God corroborated that that, that amazing revelation that John had. And he said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. What distinguished Jesus from everybody else the spirit of God 
It was the Holy Spirit. And now you who have the Holy Spirit by faith in Jesus Christ are now not play sons, not figuratively sons, but you're real and actual, having been born of the same Spirit that brought Jesus forth, the Logos of God placed in, in Mary's womb. Word. Word. You have been brought forth in the same manner. I bless you. And I'm going to come back in a minute and offer salvation, but I want you to think about it. Because you can't, you can't go to heaven. You can't live forever. I don't mean exist forever. You can't live. You will exist forever. But you can't live forever with Jesus, with God, unless you're born again. So we'll talk about it in a minute. In James. <laughs> 